0: Hi, welcome to the We Are Zion podcast. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We understand that Christmas can be a hard time for many of us. And so we want to point you to Jesus, the only hope in these very uncertain times. Here's Pastor Gershom, sharing a Christmas message on Jesus, our anchor.
1: I thought it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you all. How many of you can believe that we've actually made it through all the way till Christmas. Start of the year when we actually got hit by the pandemic, uh, a lot of us actually had our doubts whether we would even cross through six months. We were expecting for something really bad. uh, And in all probability, all of us would have lost hope. In fact, a lot of us would have thought this lockdown that was happening month after month would have continued on. And if we actually look through the entire year, if there's one thing that sustained us, that has kept us. And in fact, I time and again keep saying this, if one thing that we have all made it through all this while, it's because God has been faithful. And even as we have uh, celebrate Christmas today, our hope is that when we remember Jesus' birth, that we'll have uh, this um, hope that will carry us through this entire season. I know we are today probably uh, seated at home, probably dressed up and even, you know, not our usual Christmas uh, cells where we get to meet one another outside, where we get to uh, talk to people, where we get to share, probably have a lot of get togethers. None of that could have happened. But remember this that Jesus came even when times are bad. He came even when times are good. He even has come for times that are bad. And that sometimes our reminder is that this Christmas will be something personal for us. As much as we talk about it's a season of giving and loving and sharing and all that, oftentimes we forget to fill our cup with the same love that Christ came down to save us, to redeem us, to love us, to lead us, that we'll be able to hold on to that. And as we journey on, that we'll see a complete uh, fulfillment of Christ in our heart. And with that, we'll be able to lead our lives into this new year. Before we start this Christmas, if there's one thing which I uh, probably would love to ask you all is, Uh, even as we celebrate Christmas, what is that one thing you probably would uh, want God to be in your life? And if I were to ask you that, you would say, you know what, I want God to be, uh, I need need some form of stability. I need some form of uh, an unending hope, or I need something that to know that to always affirm with me that God is there. And I want to uh, take us to this passage in 1 Peter, where it talks about uh, who this Jesus is, and why we need uh, to have a focus and our eyes on him. Reading from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 11, in the Amplified Version, it goes on to say, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Verse 8, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours... The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, being firm in your faith against the attack. And it says, be rooted, established, immobile, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. After you have suffered for a while, the God of all grace who imparts his blessing and favor who called you to his own eternal glory in christ will himself complete confirm strengthen and establish you making you what you ought to be to him be dominion power authority sovereignty forever and ever amen and you might be wondering why did you take this verse i took this verse because today uh, let's face it in uh, it's not our usual christmas so we all have certain worries we all have certain Uh, cares we all have certain uh, things that are troubling us internally probably some of us are not having that the christmas that we long for probably you're stuck somewhere in some place all alone by yourself you're not among your loved ones or probably this season you've probably lost a loved one or probably you've been carrying so much of the burden of a lockdown on yourself probably you've had a job loss or probably you've had such peacelessness or you've been having ill health Or you've just been internalizing so many things around you that you've built a lot of anxiety around everything that you see. Or probably you're getting panic attacks when you've heard this new thing that's come out with this new mutation. I want to say before we start anything, let's remember God cares for us. It says he's so deeply concerned about us. And so let's cast all our cares before him. I love how this verse goes on to say that he wants us to be rooted and established and he wants us to be immovable. And that happens only when we acknowledge Jesus in our lives. Satan is out there to prey on us. He wants to, you know, devour our peace, devour, you know, our good health, devour our uh, circumstances and turn it to something so that we will be less dependent on Jesus. But today, if there's one thing I would want us to step into, even before I start the sermon, even as you enter into the season, is to say that be rooted, be established and be immovable in your trust and in your faith in Jesus, no matter what may come. Our suffering is going to happen in this world. We are going to suffer. We see so many of our loved ones suffer. It's inevitable. All of us will, you know, have to go through that season of suffering, but we will come out victorious because Jesus is with us. And let's remember, this is our temporary place here on earth. It's not a permanent place. Our permanent place is in heaven. As we uh, get into the sermon, I have titled the sermon as "Jesus, the Anchor This Christmas." Even as I start the sermon, um, I you know I always uh, tell my wife that you know probably Christmas and Easter are the two toughest sermons to prepare because everyone knows the crux or the entire story of what Christmas is all about, or they all know the entire story of what Easter is about. But even as I was asking out, oh God, give me a word for Christmas, he dropped in this uh, image of an anchor. And for the last four, five days uh, before I started preparing, it was just like, you know, uh, it was there in my mind. What is this anchor? And so I started reading up on what this anchor is all about and realized that, you know what? Uh, the anchor is a very important uh, part of a boat, of a ship or of a liner. You know, it has to be there without which they don't just set out, you know, if that's malfunctioning that they can't actually get into the waters and when i um, started reading up i saw that uh, there are uh, different kinds of boats that are there and so we and as i was reading that article said uh, majority of the people uh, love sailing love you know having a boat and they love going fishing but a lot of them use it for recreational purposes and so oftentimes they don't invest into an anchor if it's for recreation purposes and as i was preparing I, i just realized you know what Oftentimes, that's how it is when we actually are celebrating, uh, or we are looking at Jesus. You know, we treat him as this recreational God. Like we want to be there only. uh, We want to have a holiday season, and then we'll be reminded of Jesus. Or you know, we think of him once in a year, or twice in a year, or three times in a year. Probably Christmas, New Year, and Easter. Or he's the God of those important festivities. But the more I saw it, uh, that article it said. It's important that every boat, whether it's recreational or whether it's for, you know, commercial, it has to have an anchor. Be it big or small, you need to have an anchor. And so I would love to read from Hebrews chapter 6, where we can see who this anchor is and what this anchor is all about. Reading from Hebrews 6, it goes on to say, So it's impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us, he's now and forever a royal priest like Melchizedek. Hebrews goes on to explain who this Jesus is and he refers to him as this strong, unbreakable anchor. In fact, Jesus' birth is one of those important occasions for us to remember time and again because he thought of us. He was intentional about us. He came into this world so that we'll be saved. And you know that veil which was there in the, Uh, temple, which only certain high priests were allowed to enter and see God. In fact, God's presence was so holy that even if anyone else, apart from those who were ordained, stepped in, they would be struck down. It was so holy. Jesus came. He came so that we'll have access, direct access to him. It goes on to beautifully say, Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And oftentimes we uh, don't realize the impact of actually calling on the name of Jesus. When you actually call on the name of Jesus, he is there to show you mercy. He's there, be it whatever it may be. If you're genuine, if you are, um, you know, having a repentant heart and you're calling on him, he will turn to you and he will, lead, he will actually save you from whatever you are in. Be it big, be it small. Be it a turmoil physically happening around you or be it a turmoil that's happening and boiling within inside you, which you are unable to handle. And even today, as we look into Jesus being our anchor, I would ask you and encourage you, let him not be one which is recreational. Where you just think, you know what, uh, on a Sunday, two hours, I'll think about Jesus. Or when, uh, when these festivities happen, let me think about Jesus. You know, uh, I, uh, I, I was watching another video where another man of God was saying... He said, every celebration that we actually do, we've commercialized. And oftentimes when we commercialize so many things, we forget the reason and the person behind it. That's why Jesus had to come into the temple and overthrow all those tables and say, hey, you're losing focus of why we're gathering around the temple. So today, amidst of us planning a detailed Uh, you know, menu and, you know, having the right gifts set apart and having the Christmas tree arranged and our house looking great. All that is good. But let's not forget Jesus. Because in the midst of all the trouble, he's going to be that strong anchor, that immovable anchor, unbreakable anchor, because that is going to last through so many things in our life. And we need him. We need to take Jesus into our everyday life romans 12 verses 1 to 2 in the message goes on to say so here's what i want you to do god helping you take your everyday ordinary your sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before god as an offering embracing what god does for you is best thing you can do for him don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking instead fix your attention on god You will be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down into its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. This anchor that is going to be in your heart, which is going to be rested in your soul, so that whatever comes its way, God wants you to do and is reminding you not to be one and be part of culture. He wants us to stand out. He wants us to set us apart. And which means as we take Jesus into our everyday, in everything that we do, Jesus has to be that immovable person in our life. And even as I mentioned, Jesus is the anchor. The first thing I would love to draw attention to is, Jesus is the anchor that holds. Jesus is the anchor that holds us irrespective of whatever season we are in. Today, this Christmas season, you know, um, Some of us have had, uh, you know, uh, financial constraints has not been there. For some of us, it's been probably the worst year because we've either had a job loss. For some of us, we've been longing for a miracle in our family and it's not been happening. That could be the cry of your heart. For some of you, you might have had uh, a miracle actually birth out and you would have been so excited to see God's faithfulness come through. For some of you, you might have lost a close and a dear one, someone you were not in touch with or someone you, you know, wanted to mend ways with, but you just, they kind of like succumbed to the entire pandemic and they, you know, uh, they lost their life and you're probably feeling worried and you're probably like in a state where, you know, you're feeling so sad of what what's happening or probably you don't have, uh, you have everything around and yet you're feeling lonely. Jesus is there and he's that anchor that will hold you. It's beautiful how uh, the anchor works. So when uh, the anchor just doesn't work in the good times, it also works in the bad times. As I was reading this article, I read that, you know, uh, the anchor is more used in good times than actually in bad times. When there's a thunderstorm or when there's something that's, uh, you're caught in the middle, your boat or your ship that you're in is actually moving. You're actually making headway and you're going. But when you're actually... um, suddenly have an engine failure, that's when you need the anchor the most because the anchor has to hold you. Because if you don't have an anchor, then if you don't have the right anchor, then if you don't have the anchor that's holding you, you've placed it correctly, what happens is that um, the current of the ocean kind of like drifts you away. And then it becomes very difficult later for you to maneuver and get back on track and to you know get things going. And when I was reading that, I realized how important it is for our anchor to be so right so that we'll be able to place it in the time and the Holy Spirit tells us to place our anchor especially in troubled times especially in good times also the psalmist goes on to say praise the Lord in your good times praise the Lord even in your sad times you know if you don't feel like praising remember him and oftentimes uh, we tend to forget God in our good times but can he be the anchor in our life even in the good times can he be the anchor in our lives even in the bad times Anchor so that when the Holy Spirit says, read my word right now, I will encourage you. Are we willing to drop everything and read? Even as we go through different journeys in life, be it in the good times and bad times, if Jesus is our anchor, we can drop our anchor at that time and we rest assured knowing that Jesus is with us. In fact, when we look at the Gospels, we see Jesus travel to his disciples time and again. He is sovereign over everything on this earth in fact the storms the seas they listen to him and you so if so if jesus is anchor what better person to actually be with us even as we travel through life so if you're going through a turmoil right now i would request you can you take this anchor jesus and drop it in he'll hold you through the storm he'll be with you if, when you call on his name your request reaches that mercy seat and he's willing to answer are you willing to actually cry out and ask God for help? The The beauty about the anchor is we don't you know, trust entirely on the fact that, oh, physically, oh, this is the anchor. This will save us entirely. No, it's the fact that Jesus will do something supernatural. Jesus will do something that will go beyond what our minds and our you know, our human logic would understand. And God is all about, you know, um, redefining our human logic to say, hey, I am God, so I'll work it my way. Christmas is all about that. If you believe in the story of Christmas, you'll soon understand that it trumps every kind of logic. And that's where Jesus is sovereign. And that's what I would love for you. Even when we held on to this promise verse two years back from Ephesians 3.20, and I want to read that for you again. It goes on to say, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I would leave this promise verse with you that even as this anchor, when you leave it down to hold you, leave it knowing that he will energize you. He will do infinitely more than what you can ask or imagine or dream of. In the midst of pain, God has a beautiful way of bringing something beautiful out. In the midst of joy, God has a like a supernatural way of spreading that, so that others all can be recipients of that same joy. He'll, in fact, open your mouth to share by the word of your testimony, so that others will be able to see that He is faithful. He is consistent, and I would love for us to hold on to this anchor, so that He will be with us in any season, be it good or bad. There's this famous song that. a lot of us would have heard called Bridge Over Troubled Waters. And uh, even as I was preparing, I was reminded of this song. Oftentimes, you want God to build a bridge over our troubled waters. You know, I wish it was that easy. But God is a God who says, you know what? I will be with you in the storm. I will be with you when it's calm. I will be with you even in the midst of that storm and I will hold you. Are you willing to step into the understanding, knowing that God is with you? His anchor is there to hold you. And even when he holds you, he wants to know that his promises will come true. So today, be it a relationship, today, be it a situation, today, be it a surrounding, today, be it uh, all that uh, is holding you down. Are you willing to say, God, I want you to hold me in the situation right now? And he's willing to do that. The second thing that we see is when Jesus is our anchor, he wants the anchor to grow. Uh, I mean, uh, as I was reading this uh, interesting article about the anchor, it w- went on to say that uh, in the olden times, they used stones, you know, they, they used to carry huge, uh, you know, cut out stones as their anchor. And then as technology evolved, as man evolved in terms of their shipping routes and how they built ships, they moved on to have a metal anchor. And all of us would have seen the symbol of how it is. Because at that pressure, when it goes down, and when it hits the ground it holds it holds it firm and uh, eventually what happens is as people started getting boats and ships uh, if you notice uh, the huge liners the uh, the big uh, uh, liners which actually take a lot of cargo they uh their the front part of the ship and the back part of the ship actually just holds anchors in fact they'll have uh, the major one and then after that they have a uh, in case one breaks down they have a backup one and they are huge. In fact, you can't just walk through that. The chains are massive. The anchor looks big. There are separate motors running. They have backup motors running. But when you look at consumer boats, people become uh, really finicky of how the anchor looks, whether it you know spoils the look and feel of the boat that they have. And oftentimes, uh, the biggest mistake they say is they compromise on the anchor that is being put on the boat. You know, they either have a big boat and they put a small anchor, thinking that looks it goes with the aesthetics. And oftentimes, when I was reading that, I realized, how are we? Do we actually care about the picture that we paint, the profiles that we manage, that we want to have an aesthetically curated, well-put uh, social media? Or do we want to create this uh, image around people that you know we've got everything put together? And oftentimes, it's we, more than the functionality of anything, we look at the convenience, we look at how it's aesthetically placed. And the anchor... Many a times might be looking like an eyesore. It might look, you know, it's out of place. But its functionality is the most important thing. Be it, as we saw earlier, be it good or bad, that is what actually helps us during times of trouble. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us held in the same position. And so the article went on to say that a lot of the people actually have big boats but it's small anchors which become dysfunctional. It doesn't actually serve purpose at all. And even today, as we look into Jesus being our anchor, we need to understand that we can't have a previous experience of who Jesus is and be okay with that. So even today, Jesus being our anchor cannot be just a one-time thing. It has to grow with us. One of the important things is, uh, let's say if you're uh, a single person and you've found Jesus your faith levels are, you know, you, your faith levels are increased. You're, you know, this is who Jesus is. You're believing, you're trusting him, you're praying. As you get married, it's, it's you need to move, migrate, you know, or you need to upgrade yourself to a bigger anchor because you're going to be interceding. You're going to be leading your family. You, you're doing it for two. The minute kids come, you need to get a more upgraded anchor because you will be actually interceding them. You'll be journeying with them. And even the more I look into my own life, Um, the problems that we get to see as our kids grow up are real human-sized problems. And we realize that the more we preach to them and we tell them that this is Jesus and we tell them you have to take your request before Jesus, we realize that our prayers have to be doubled to carry them through that entire season that they are in or the trouble that they are going through. And oftentimes you can't operate with that small uh, faith that you've had earlier on. It has to grow. And so today, I would encourage you, for those of you who actually have families, for those of you who have actually married, can you commit yourself to taking a step saying that, God, I want to grow in my faith in you. I want to take this extra step of trusting you, of holding on to you, of, you know, drawing closer to you. The size of our anchor has to change with us as we grow in Jesus. As we allow him to see into different areas of our life. Week after week, month after month, our trust and our hope has to grow in him. I'm going to read from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. It goes on to say, As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you are not led astray by the error of the lawless and lose your firm grip on the truth, but continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory both now and until the day eternity begins. Amen. One of the ways in which we see Peter conclude his letter is to say that may you grow continually. It's not, you know, you've received and it's a stagnant faith. No, it's something that you grow on. You take the next step. There are so many ways in which God will want us to grow into the spaces so that we'll be able to do what he's called us to do. We won't be able to do something until unless we've grown into that. And that's the beauty of a loving father, the entire picture. So oftentimes the blessings that we're actually expecting and we're waiting for will only come to a place when we've actually grown into trusting God into a certain area so that he'll be able to trust us and give. So today, be it whatever you're asking or you're waiting for, God probably wants to grow you into something. And he wants to be in that journey because he just doesn't want, he's not a person who says, okay, grow and then I'll come one year later. No. He wants to be in that everyday life to say, Hey, I'll trim this part. This anger that you have, I'll trim it off. I'll shape it so that you'll be able to use it carefully in this world because it's going to be a mirror reflection of Him. We are all mirror reflection of Jesus if we say we're followers of Christ. So, this Christmas, let this anchor hold you. Let this anchor grow. Let it just not be the stagnant anchor. Even before I conclude, I would like to say that even as I've referred Jesus to this anchor, the Bible refers him to two other more important things. And sometimes imagery, sometimes kind of like sets us to understand Jesus even much better. The scripture goes on to say he's a firm foundation in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11. And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, it goes on to say that he's the cornerstone. These are important things in our life where we cannot be without. The foundation the cornerstone and the anchor. So whatever the image that, you know, captivates your heart and, you know, is in your mind right now, hold on to it. Hold on to it and ask God, God, I just want you to grow with me so that 20 years from now, you would be able to say, this anchor has been with me. He's this immobile anchor. Whatever may come, whatever storm may come, the anchor still remains. It will hold us there. I would love to read this verse again From Hebrews chapter six verse eighteen. So it's impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his uh, vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time and unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God Himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mossy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the secret threshold. This Christmas, let him be the strong anchor in your life. Yes, he came down as a baby, but he grew up to be a man who walked on this earth and he came here to seek and save that was lost. And so today, uh, even as we read on earlier from Isaiah, I want to read... Uh, an exaltation of who Isaiah has prophesied uh, this Jesus to be so that we'll be able to see Jesus in this light. He goes on to say in Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, a child has been born for us, a son has been given to us. The responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders and his name will be the wonderful one, the extraordinary strategist, the mighty God, the father of eternity, the prince of peace. Great and vast is his dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The marvelous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. It goes on to say he's a wonderful one. He's the extraordinary strategist. Are you lacking today, this Christmas, in certain areas where you're completely clueless of what to do, you can ask this Jesus. He's an extraordinary strategist. He's a mighty God. Whatever it may be. Today, you know, the biggest issues that we face oftentimes are with people. Bring God into all of the issues that we have with people and God will do something mighty out of that. He will do something beautiful. He's the father of eternity. A lot of us have lost hope because we're scared of what the future holds. But eternity is in his hands. Let's hold on to that. And he's the prince of peace. Today, if there's one thing all of us lack, it's peace. Peace probably because we are scared of our jobs might go, or peace because we don't have peace in our own homes. We might, you know, probably be crumbling within our marriages, or probably sometimes we are so devastated by certain things that have happened in our own families. But remember, he is the prince of peace when you call on him. And I love how it goes on to say in verse 7 that he's the commander of angel armies. When you call on him, he is there for you. It's beautiful to imagine that there's a legion waiting there at God's disposal when we call on him. He's ready to come and fight our battles. But are we willing to allow him to fight our battles? And so this Christmas today, I would extend this opportunity. If you don't know who this Jesus is, and even if you've... uh, uh, if you're like, okay, you've said he's his anchor. You've you've said he's, you know, this person who I can rely on. Yes, you can call on his name. And I would like to take this opportunity to invite you. If you don't know Jesus, say this prayer. He will come into your heart. It's as much as you talking to a friend. You're calling on him. And when you call on him, he answers. When you genuinely have a repentant heart. And when you say, God, I'm a sinner and I need you. And I want this relationship to be restored. He's willing to come. And so if you want to invite Jesus into your heart, can you say this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for coming into this world. I believe you came to this world for me. I accept that I am a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe by your blood, I am set free and I am saved. My hope is that I will accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I would spend eternity with you. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer, remember that God has a plan for you. Jesus is uh, wanting to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And oftentimes, as much as you've just made this prayer, it also starts with you starting this journey with Him, And we are here to start this journey with you. You can get in touch with us and we would love to be in this journey with you. For all those of us who are celebrating Christmas and for all those of us who are uh, at our homes, I would just pray a prayer of blessing over you all that even as you gather in this season, may nothing confuse you, may nothing deter you from what God's called you to do. May nothing... uh um, be spoken out of turn but may God actually put the right words in your mouth and may he be a blessing over you and your entire family God bless you all and have a blessed Christmas
0: thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.